Hi everyone, today is February 23rd, 2019, and this is the Dual Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and this week is a really big week in Duel Links. Um, a bunch of things happened. The Kaiba Cup ended, so we have all of the reports. The Casey Cup report came out, and we have all this data and all the decks from Duel Links meta as well. Um, along with that, a whole new box, Absolute Inferno, came out. So, um, we go over all of those cards. A new event, the Loomis and Umbra event came as well. So there's a roaming duelist with new ranked, uh, new rewards for play as well. And all of the upcoming news came as well, in addition to some extra cards. So this is going to be a very crowded episode. And I was going to talk about uh, a state of the podcasting where I'm doing the podcast by myself now and... I will eventually be looking for a co-host, but uh, the process involved with that has not yet been developed, so I will talk about that in a future episode. Most likely, I will be talking to individuals who are interested, um, doing like a little interview on Skype, and probably bringing people on to be uh, co-hosts for a tryout in an episode. But since there is so much to talk about today, I will leave that for a future date in in my week in Dual World, um, I did I did pretty well in the Kaiba Cup. If you consider small sample sizes and win rates, um, I of course played the Bandit uh, Vampire deck that I was using. I think by the by some point in the game in the Kaiba Cup, I pushed it up to twenty two cards with a Karibo. So um, you know it's a standard vampire thing where you have an ugly looking deck, but I had a 70% win rate actually in stage two, and um, but I only played 34 games. So my DP was like 1600. I think I definitely could have kept going with a 70% win rate. I could have gone far, but I don't know. I was just tired, and um, yeah, I think the stage one kind of took it out of me or something. I don't know what, but uh, what happened was I did place in the top. 10,000 worldwide, but I, I wasn't really aware of the thing where you, if you get top 500 in the region, you're, um, you're some kind of representative or something, but I only had, only needed to win like three more games to get 19,000 DP, I think something, something along those lines to be the top 500 NA, but I didn't know, so I just kept that, you know, the 10,000, uh, top 10,000, and, um, that's that's over now. And in ranked duels this week, I I started off. I, I neglected ranked duels from the start, so I was all the way down to plat one, and I was playing noble knights. That got me to plat. I think I'm plat four right now. So I switched over to car curry. So I'm trying to do some kind of combination of two decks I like, and that are pretty. You know, you're you're not facing the toughest competition now, so I should be able to get to legend one. Moving on to this week in esports, um, I would I would be remiss not talking about the official esport of Duel Links, which is the Kaiba Cup. KC Cup report number twelve came out, and it's surprising that this is actually the twelfth Kaiba Cup. It felt like yesterday when they first started these, and um, it's been it's you know there's been a bunch. So <laughs> let's look at the top decks. The most common archetypes in the top in stage one. It's they don't really specifically state this, but. You could kind of tell by just looking at the top monster cards that they list. And Ancient Gears came in number one. 
Second was Blue Eyes. Third was Koaki Meru. Fourth was Masked Hero. Five, uh, some combination of Control and Stall decks or Burn, whatever you like to call it. And six was Silent Swordsman. First, uh, the common, the most common skills in Stage 1, Middle Age Mechs, which goes along with Ancient Gears being number one, Beat Down, uh, Balance, Tie That Binds, and Destiny Draw. So, um, you know, definitely the Blue Eyes and the Kowaki may fit the bill there, but they weren't using Trick Up the Sleeve. Trick Up the Sleeve was number six in the top 20, so I, I can explain some of the Blue Eyes. Some people probably didn't have Arcana's skill. I don't know what, what was going on there. Um... And I'm just trying to analyze the differences between the uh, first stage and second stage. Uh, if you play people you, in ranked duels, you notice that some people don't even play the second stage, so that's interesting. And most common archetypes in stage two, Kowaki Meru, number one, no surprises. Ancient Gear, number two. Control Stall, third. Masked Hero is fourth. Spellbook, fifth. Vampire, sixth. Seven, Buster Blader, eight, Blue Eyes. And finally, the common skills in Stage 2. Tie That Binds was number 1. Balance was number 2. Middle Age Max 3. Grit 4. 5. Last Gamble. So, it, these two things kind of go hand-in-hand. The archetypes and the skills. Tie That Binds is a very common Kwaki Meru thing. And it's it's especially important now because of all of the 3,000 mo- attack monsters in the meta. And the Maximus has to get over... The Ancient Gear Reactor Dragons, that's why that's the number one skill. Balance is also a common skill. I think it's a skill that is more common in Ancient Gears than Kowaki Meru, because Kowaki Meru, they had a bunch of trap cards and then they ditched them, so it's very possible that accounted for the uh, Ancient Gears, and of course some other, uh, a lot of other decks use Balance. And Grit is number four. Grit is a common skill... You see it in Kawaki Meru sometimes, and you know it's just good in a one-turn kill meta. If I was graded yesterday in a uh, rank duel, uh, it always surprises you every time. Five was last gamble. That is definitely the Buster Blader skill, and there's some other notable ones. Kaibacorp Bling was only seventeenth. That's a skill that is kind of taking over vampires. I know Bandit is a vampire skill, but. Um, Hypercorp Bling has shown up in top top uh, decks. I think even the first place guy used Hypercorp Bling. So it's also used in spell books now. Sealed Tombs is 13th. I think Sealed Tombs was number one last time, if I'm not mistaken. And that's because the vampires were definitely the target here. Uh, Kowaki Meru's and Ancient Gears kind of took the front, but there was definitely a lot of tier two decks to consider as well in the Hypercorp. In the Akiba Cup, I mean, sorry. Um, 20th uh, level augmentation, that's Card Curries. They, they, I mean, they're a fine deck. They're a fine tournament deck. You can use side deck cards with them. In this type of thing, a card like System Down probably would have been a great choice in the KC Cup just to use because of all the machines. Uh, not a System Down works for the Ancient Gears, but then you have to use Blustering Winds for Kwaki Mirror, so I guess that didn't really make sense, but... Um, or number 20. Duelings meta also has a cool really a cool little thing where they have decks from the top 100. I think they're uh, user submitted. They asked uh, top players, and a lot of them are part of that community anyways. The first place player, Soon Soon, who was actually the last King of Games, he won the last tournament for Duelings. So, um, repeated success. Congrats to him. 
use three decks. Kybercorp Bling Vampires, um, Last Gamble Buster Blader, and a Chain Reaction Amazonist deck. And I think the Amazonist deck definitely <laughs> takes center stage. Um, it was noted that the Vampires were used in the last stage of the event when he had 58k DP and he took it to the end. Um, of course, Kybercorp Bling, uh, you could kind of build it however you want. Most people will have the shiny Econs. Um... The Amazonist deck, it has the interesting card Justice Bringer in it, which seems to counter anything in the meta. It's a great opener to have in the deck. And, um, you know, Chain Reaction is a deck that just slowly slowly burns you down, and Amazonist Swordswoman just burns you down in chunks. So, um, you know, there's a ton of other decks in here from players you, you recognize. Um, that are participating in these tournaments. Stevie, uh, number two in North America, seventh overall. He brought that water deck that he first brought into the um, Duelings tournament, the Duelings meta tournament. Um, so that's the that's the water deck that has some of the Gen X monsters, Sea Stealth, of course, all that stuff. Um, looking through the deck list, and there's nothing too crazy. You see a lot of Kawaki Maru, you see a lot of vampires. You see a lot of ancient gears in the top 100. There is, there are some Mecha Phantom Beast deck. 28 Kobito Kaba brought one tie that binds Mecha Phantom Beast. Um, Bing Jen 98, 29th place. Kybercorp Bling uh, Obelisk with um, Mecha Phantom Beast Hamstrat only and a lot of trap cards as well. You also see some spellbooks sprinkled in uh, as well. But a lot of consistency of the top decks here in the, in the top 100 at least. Um, Thymex brought a very similar deck to the first place guy. He had Justice Bringer as well, but there's Necro Valley thrown in with Amazonist and Lava Golem. It's a big mess. Um, yeah, Buster Blader again, Spellbooks. So there definitely is a tier of decks. You don't really see the Spellbooks in the top top, but you see them in the lower hundreds, I guess. So, um, you know, congrats to everyone who did very well. You can check out the link for the top 100 decks. All right, um... Meta Weekly number 60. This happened a couple days ago on Wednesday, February 20th. And this is the first uh, Duel Links Meta Tournament phased off of the Kaiba Cup. So, I mean, um, Vampires and Kawaki Meru still led the way, of course, in representation. But Vampires did a lot better in the top 32. Amazonists, seven brought all together, five made it to the top 32. It's kind of, you know, the carryover from the Kaiba Cup, so... Amazonists are back. First place, Young Slorp. Kybercorp playing Vampires. This is a pretty standard deck. Uh, if you look at the deck list, there's no Vamp, but apparently it's a, it's a missionary. No one would be crazy enough to play Vampires without Vamp. I mean, um, it's the single-handed thing that beats the meta right now. So, um, And the player noted that there are shiny Econs, Familiars and Hey True Needs. So it doesn't, like last week I kind of said you have to have the Samurai Skull. It's not necessarily the case. I guess it's what you have. Um, second place, Psycho P Karakuri deck. Still the standard uh, Karakuri deck, which is, you know, three, I never know, three Kamachi, three Merchant, two Soldiers, and one Strategist. So that's the, you know, that's your monster core right there. And nothing too crazy. There are um, 
There's a lot of tools to deal with the ancient gears, I think, here. Two floodgates, two paleozoic Canadians, and of course, a cosmic cyclone to deal with those spells. And of course, the offerings to the doomed is quite solid, as so as long as they don't have the fortress out. Third place, Irving, tie that binds Kowaki Meru. This is a very clean deck. You've got three Kribos, three Maximus, and three Diamond Cores, and two Heytrunades. So, um, you know, it's all in that strategy. There's no, there's nothing else, no Econs, nothing like that. Two Heytrunades, three Kribos. So it's very, um, very streamlined to the plan of what Kowaki Meru does. And Serenity, Sealed Tombs, Kowaki Meru as well. This is an uglier list. There's a Treacherous, there's an Econ, um, no Karibos at all. Three Paleos or Canadians, though. So, I mean, otherwise, it's the same deck you've seen uh, beat you in turn a lot. So, that is Duel Links Meta Weekly number 60, and that wraps up esports for the week. Moving on, the main um, roaming duelist event this week has been Loomis and Umbra. I think they are a popular choice given their spot in the anime. They, I mean, they only appeared once, but there was a multi-episode thing, and um, you know they're probably following along with the user input about what to what characters to add to the game. So here's another character. Of course, they've done uh, two duelists with Paradox Brothers, so it's not really an issue. And of course, they get to use Loomis and Umbra for you know various battle city things. So they have their sprites for that. Um, one complaint I have. Uh, I mean, we don't know what skills they have, of course. It's probably something with the Mass Beast to try to get the Mass Beast into the meta because that's a very uh, old-style old way of playing the game. But one complaint is that I feel like these uh, reward cards have nothing to do with the characters. I, a few of these cards are, sh- are um, cards they used in the in the anime or the show, but uh, most of them are not. So it seems like they just gave them random cards. And that's not surprising because the Mass Beast cards were mostly released in Duel Links already. So, had to give them something, I guess. So, the rewards themselves aren't too useful, but let's talk about the cards. First is Illusory Snatcher. Illusory Snatcher is a 7-star fiend, 2400-1000. When you tribute summon a monster, you can special summon this from your hand. If you do, the type attribute level and of this card becomes the same as the face-up tributed summon monster. So this, the only uh, deck nowadays that tribute summons are vampires, so vampires don't really need an extra body on the board, but, you know, it is a free summon. And it is a monarch card. It, it has the 2400-1000 uh, stats. And this card is pretty useful in the future of the game when we have XZ summons. So that's going to be a theme for a few of these cards that we're going to talk about. And uh, for now, it's not that useful, of course, because we don't tribute summon. We don't really need a card like this. But once uh, once XZ summons come out, you have two level summons on the board, you do that. So definitely a card to take for the future. Next is Obsidian Dragon, 4-star rock, 800-2100 defense. Negate the effects in, of spells and trap cards that target only one face of Dark Monster you control. Destroy them. Very situational card. You want this card in defense mode. It has, you know, it has a high defense and not much attack. So typically, it'll get hit, it get flipped up, and it's there to protect one dark monster. So you need to have some important dark monster which is targeted alone. Um, not very useful. It's situational. It 
it's got high defense. I like guess that's all it has going for it. But they are releasing high defense four star monsters in droves now. Even even a samurai skull can hit over this with the vampire field. So twenty one hundred can repel some things. It can't repel many meta things though. So not very useful. Uh, evil swarm obla wisp. Obliviwisp. This is a very interesting card. 4-star Pyro, 450-2050 defense. After damage calculation, if this card battles a monster, negates negate the effects of that monster, including in the graveyard. So basically what happens is whenever this hits something or gets hit, that monster permanently loses all their abilities for the rest of the game. And, and I don't know if it's the rest of the game. It's If they get bounced into the deck, if they get bounced into the hand, they might get it back. I think they'll get it back in that in that case, but so as long as the monster is on the board or in the graveyard, I don't know about banish either. It could get banished. They lose all their abilities. I think this is a very it's not a meta card, but it's a very interesting control possibility. Um, you know, like I said, twenty fifty defense can repel many things. It can't repel the samurai skull, but can re- repel many other things. Um, this is also a low attack pyro, so it works with Blaze Accelerator. I don't think that really is relevant because I haven't seen Blaze Accelerator since it came out <laughs> in the box. So, um, but there are definitely control possibilities in that you can negate things. I think Holy Guard is something that comes into mind because the 450 attack, you don't mind ramming into something if um, you have Holy Guard on. So that's something to think about. Next is Missing Force, 4-star Warrior, 1500-1000. If you control no other monsters, tribute this card to target one monster your opponent controls. Take control of that target until the end phase. You cannot special summon or conduct your battle phase. The turn you activate this effect. So, this is the Econ Take. It's it's That's all it is. It's not the change battle position part of Econ, but it's the Econ Take part. And you, you need an extra ramp, though, to steal and tribute the monster. You can't attack... With that monster, so you can't just take that, you know, ancient gear reactor dragon and steal it and hit for three thousand. You need vampires domain, something like that. But in the end, this is a warrior. Uh, it's kind of like if you need three econs in the deck, which I don't think you do for vampires. So um, in the end, not too useful. Maybe double summons. I don't know, but it's a card. Final gesture is the last SR. Normal spell, target one face-up level, three monster you control, special summon one monster with the same name as that monster from your hand or graveyard. The effects are negated. During the end phase of this turn, destroy the face of monster that was targeted. So, interesting card. It helps level six synchro summons. You get two level threes on the board. Um, maybe even some fusion summoning. So this is a... It's not a card that's going to see a ton of play, but uh, when some level, good level six comes out, it could be possible. There's that uh, Iron Chain Dragon. There's the Powered Insectron. Those are two level 6 synchros I could think about. Probably going to be more. So this is useful for that regard. Shining Abyss is just a 1600-1800. It has high stats for a card that was released in Labyrinth of Nightmare uh, way back early in the TCG. That's all it is, though. Nuvia the Wicked, 4-star Fiend, 2800. When this is normal summon, destroy it. If your opponent controls any monster, decrease this monster's attack by 200 for each monster. So, yeah, you get... There are cards that are 4-star 2000s already, so this card has no use right now. 
it would have been okay, you know, when the game first started, you get a free, you know, 1800 out or something, but not good. Dark Fall Trap Card. When your opponent special summons two or more face-up monsters at the same time, send those monsters to the graveyard. Then send all monsters in the opponent's hand and deck to the graveyard that have that same name as the monsters sent to the graveyard by this effect. It sounds like it's useful, but there's not many meta cards at all that qualify. And especially we have a three-monster board, so this doesn't happen very often at all. The most co- the most possible thing, I think, is Ties of the Brethren with Geargis. So they get two things out on the board. And that would just wreck their deck, because that would take out you know two-thirds of their monsters. But... You know, you don't really see that deck in the meta anymore. So those are the rewards. I have been farming with the unhappy girl method. I did that for a bit, and now I'm just auto-dueling until I get my last card. So uh, uh, from that context, the drops have been okay so far. All right. Now we're going to talk about the 18th main box that was released this week. Absolute Inferno cover monster is Red Dragon Archfiend. So that's uh, Jack Atlas's card. Uh, no need to use the skill anymore because his card is here. Of course, he released uh, two cards, Stygian... Uh, not Stygian Security. It's, uh, I don't remember what it's called. Scarlet Security, I think it was called. It has Synergy and also the Red Dragon Vase. So those are all cards you can consider to use for the dragon. Of course, um, now we're still waiting for Akiza's Black Rose Dragon. Um, so we don't know when that's going to be released, if at all. So we're going to see how they play it out there, but... This is a main box that has a lot of fire monsters. There are those uh, Red Dragon Archfiend theme cards, Lavels, the Fire Fist, Nephis, a lot of fire-related things. And we're going to talk about all the um, all the URs and SRs in detail, and then I'll briefly discuss the the archetypes themselves. So let's get into the cards themselves and talk about what they can do in Duel Links. Get to the URs first. Of course, there are only one UR in each box. There are nine in this box. Red Dragon Archfiend, eight star Dragon Synchro, no specific tuning requirements, 3,000, 2,000. After damage calculation, after this card attacks a defense position monster your opponent controls, destroy all defense position monsters your opponent controls. During your end phase, destroy all other monsters you control that did not declare an attack this turn. This card must be face up on the field to activate and resolve this effect. So. Not counting what synergy there is in the box, we have Scarlet Security. So Scarlet Security is a trap card that destroys all of the opponent's back row. And Red Dragon Vase draws two cards. Um, so they both require the Red Dragon Archfiend to be on the field, though. Uh, other cards you can consider are Curse of Anubis, Windstorm of Etiqua. So definitely want your opponent's monsters in defense mode. Of course, Econs probably come into play um, You know, any of those cards. Um, Paleozoic Canadia um, is, all, is, is always a good card so throw all those cards into your deck uh, I will talk about some of the other support cards they have we have not seen this card I mean these um, this archetype really make it to a tournament yet but we will see if it makes it other monster Laval Laval Dragon 5 star Dragon Synchro need a tuner and a non-tuner fire monster 2100 you can shuffle two Laval monsters from your graveyard into your main deck. Target one card your opponent controls. Return it to the hand. It's almost like a Gusto. It's a very cheap, weak synchro. They uh, recycle stuff to put back into the deck. They could definitely get stuff into the graveyard, but I don't know if it's worth just you know a 2,000 attack monster. So 
not very impressive for a synchro. KS King Arch Fiend, 7 star Fiend Synchro, requires a Fiend tuner and a non tuner. 2600 attack, 2600 defense. When this card declares an attack, you can switch the current attack and defense of all face of monsters your opponent controls until the end of the battle phase. Most, almost, I don't know, a lot, like 70 80% of the monsters probably have higher attack than defense. And it's definitely the case with some of the meta cards that are 3,000 attacks. So this can hit over, you know, Maximus and Ancient Gear Reactor Dragon when they are switched to defense mode. I mean, defense stats. So 2,600 beats 2,500. That's the thing. Beats Blue Eyes. So it is interesting. It's situational, though. You need a tuner. You need a Fiend tuner. So try to get one of those. It's a... It could be a one-turn kill card. There are cards, uh, vampires come to mind, where they have zero defense. You can kind of one-turn kill, but there are easier ways to do it now. So I'm not sure if this card just doesn't fit, requires too much setup. I don't know what. But it is, you know, it can hit over those 3,000 attackers, but there is some setup involved, so it's not going to come easy. Cerulean Sacred Phoenix of Nephis. Very interesting card. Winged Beast Ritual Monster. 8 stars, 3,000 attack, 1,000 defense. Ritual summon this card with Rebirth of Nephis. You can only use one of these effects once per turn during your main phase. You can destroy Nephis cards in your hand or face up on the field, destroying an equal number of monsters your opponent controls. During your next standby phase, after this card is destroyed by battle or card effect, and sent to the graveyard special, summon this from the graveyard. So Nephis came out a long time ago. I think the set was called Dawn of Destiny, and that Nephis had 2,400, and what it did was it came back once it was destroyed um, by effect. I think it has to be destroyed by effect. And it comes back and it destroys your opponent's back row. This one doesn't have that ability. It's a little stronger. It competes with the other 3,000s, of course. It's got a lot of defense, but... Um, you basically destroy your own monsters, I mean, your own cards to destroy monsters so it's a trigger ability it's not trigger ability it's like an optional ability but you try to get the synergy off so you destroy your nephis your original nephis to recycle to use back to destroy the back row so they kind of you have cerulean nephis and regular nephis working together and of course there's a ritual monster so you need the ritual card and of course uh eight eight stars growth of tributes so I don't know if this will see play, but it could be very flashy. Of course, with Nephis, you have to think about Ubel. Ubel and regular Nephis are being played together. I'm not sure how this fits in. It, it definitely can. I think this has a lot of big play potential. Um, Ubel is definitely a card you've seen a lot in the Hive Cup as well. So I think this can fit into that deck. Probably the middle strategy goes out, if I had to guess, because this, this is more of a blow out your board type strategy. So... You're going to fight for the monsters on one turn. You're going to fight for the back row on the other turn. Kind of very dangerous. So I am excited to see this card. I think it has a lot of potential as well. Brother of the Firefist Spirit. Three-star Beast Warrior Tuner. 500 attack, 200 defense. Cannot be synchro material except for a Beast Warrior Synchro Summon. When it's normal summon, target one level three level... One target, target one level three fire monster of 200 or less defense in your graveyard special, summon it in defense mode. If you do, your opponents can't attack for the rest of the turn except for beast warriors. You can only use this effect once per turn. 
This is what a tuner. This is what you want from a tuner. You bring back a monster, and this would bring back a level three, because uh, there's two threes. There's a tuner and a non-tuner, both level three and level six. So, uh, kind of like junk sync run with a level five. Um, so, and the thing is that Beast Warriors synchros have not been released so far. There's only one in this game. And I will talk about that. It's an SR card, but this only applies to one card. So very limited usage as of right now. Next card is Brother of the Firefist Bear, 4-star Beast Warrior, 1600-1200. Once per turn, when this card inflicts battle damage to your opponent, set one Fire Formation spell card directly from the deck. Once per turn, you can send one face of Fire Formation spell or trap. You control to the graveyard target one monster on the field, destroy it. So the first ability is very situational, so you need to inflict battle damage with a 1600, so that's not much. Um, second ability is nice, you can remove the, f the face of card, destroy a card. So, it's a control card. Um, when you're talking about Fire Fist, you definitely like the card Fire Formation Gyaku, so... That's a card that makes, you know, that's a lockdown card that you didn't see in Fire Fist, you just you saw it like a Shinzeng Hu, Hey Trune type card. Um... And of course, it makes the Fire Fist stronger. Another card you want to think about is Tensu. Tensu is kind of like a double summon ramp card. So once you use that ability, you can dispose of it easy to destroy your opponent's monster. If Fire Fists become a thing, this is one of those good cards. Vice Dragon, 5-star Dragon, 2,200. If your opponent controls a monster and you control none, you can special summon this from your hand, but its original attack and defense become half. So, little ramp card... Yeah, these types of cards you see a lot, actually. Um, I, I thought this was the Big Piece Golem. The Big Piece Golem is a normal summon, so this is even better. It cheats out, but it's got lower stats. Um, this is a ramp card. You would only use this, I think, in a dragon-type deck that needs a dark, so maybe some kind of dark flare shenanigan you've got going on. You don't see those types of card, those decks anymore, but in the event it does come back, Chaos strategies come back. Maybe this has a place. Right now it doesn't. Living Fossil. Equip spell. Activate this card by ta targeting one level 4 or lower monster in the graveyard. Special summon it and equip it with this equip card. Banish it when it leaves the field. When this card leaves the field, banish the equipped monster. The equipped monster loses a 1,000 attack and defense. Its effects are negated. You can only use one of these cards per turn. It's a powerful rebirth type card. Uh, of course, dinosaurs have this little banish strategy, so it's a little, it's a it's a callback to that. There are situations where you want your monsters banished, like Giant Rex, but Giant Rex is a card you want to attack, anyways, right? It has two thousand attack. You want it to destroy your opponent's monsters. So this this has some banish uh, strategy, where banished monsters work to your advantage. So if that ever comes into play, maybe. Right now, I am not thinking about this card yet. And finally, the last UR is Dark Bribe. It's a counter trap. When your opponent activates a spell or trap, your opponent draws a card. Negate the spell and trap activation if you do destroy it. This is like seven tools of the bandit, like Magic Jammer. Except you don't pay your life. You don't pay a card. You give your opponent card advantage. And in Duel Links, that is bad. I think you don't want to do that. Um, often you're playing with your, your top decking your cards and anyone who draws two cards in one turn gets a clear advantage so a card seeing play right now is Solemn Scolding 
they're paying three thousand to even negate a summon. So that's more flexible. I see this being a mill card, though. It, it definitely finds a home in that uh, in that department. So this could be. I mean, I'm thinking about mill decks. You bell, you bell Nephis. Um, I don't know if I have Nephis in it, but you bell definitely runs warm worms for mills, and this can kind of negate cards like. I know as playing as a Karakuri player, I would use Offerings to the Doomed on U-Belt, and this kind of counters Offerings to the Doomed, so... And you also make your opponent draw more, so... You know, that's what that card is for right now. Let's move on to the SRs. There are 11 SRs in total, and of course there are 2 SRs per box. This is the uh, Synchro Monster, Beast Warrior Synchro, that works for the uh, Firefist Spirit. It's the only <laughs> Beast Warrior Synchro, of course, it's 6 stars. Brotherhood of the Firefist Horse Prince, 6-star Beast Warrior, 2200-2200. Requires a Fire Tuner and a Non-Tuner. When this card Synchro Summoned, Special Summon 1 level 3 Fire Monster from your deck. After you Synchro Summon this card, you cannot Special Summon level 5 or higher monsters for the rest of the turn. So what this does is it prevents another Synchro Summon, I think, or another Fusion, something like that, along those lines. Um, honestly, it's not too impressive. I mean... What you want to do, there's definitely, the card you want to bring back, obviously, is a monster that can set Fire Formation Gyaku. And I think there's a few, you have to look through your collection of Fire Force monsters. They've been released a few times, and there are, there's definitely at least one that does that. So, it's kind of a one-turn kill type move. I don't know if that monster would have 1,800 attack to make this 4,000, but it is something to think about. So, Spirit into... Horse Prince into that monster that gets Fire Formation Gyaku. You could kind of spell it out what that does here. Devotee of Nephis, two star uh, ritual spellcaster, 1200 1200. You can ritual summon this card with Rebirth of Nephis. Use one of these effects. You can only use one of these effects once per turn. When this card's ritual summoned, you can activate this effect. Special summon one Nephis monster from your deck. Also, during your the end phase, destroy this card. This card is in the graveyard. You can destroy one Nephis card in your hand if you do special summon this card. Interesting. It's a level 2 ritual, so you play the ritual card. Very cheap. Of course, it depends how many level 2s you have in your deck, so you probably have another one of these running around and you tribute summon it. Or, no, there's a lot of other Nephis cards that are 2 stars, so it definitely fits. Um, it's pretty cool. You cheat out a Nephis monster from your deck, so it could be the Cerulean which is 3,000. It could be the um, regular Nephis, which is 2,400, depending on the situation, I think. And then you can... Um, the Graveyard ability actually has synergy with the original Nephis, so you use the second ability. When this is in the Graveyard, destroy Nephis in your hand, and then you can special summon a 1,200 attack monster, which is not irrelevant. It, keep, it competes with Paleozoic Canadia on the board. And then the Nephis would come back and blow out the back row. So this is definitely a card you want... If you want to make Nephis work. Oval Lakeside Lady. 3-star Pyro Tuner. 200-200. If this card is in your graveyard when you have 3 or more Lava Monsters with different names in your graveyard, you can banish this card and another Lava Monster from your graveyard target once set card your point controls. Destroy it. So, um, this is a tuner with an extra ability. Um, I guess it I mean, it's hard to say if Lavas will work how fast it can get stuff into the graveyard. 
You have to have three monsters with different names, but I think it's pretty easy for them. There are cards that mill really well in the deck. This could be their mechanic to cheat out, uh, to do any tuning if they want to, or it could just be removal. I don't know, uh, but um, there is potential for removal, I and mean, you could do it multiple times a turn. Of course, it depends how many other uh, cards you have in the graveyard. Next is Gen X Ally Dura, Dark 4-Star Machine, 1800-200. Once per turn during your main phase, you can select one face-up attack position monster your opponent controls with the same attribute as this card destroyed. This card cannot attack the turn you activate this effect. Very interesting card, I like this card. This is the first card that makes DNA Transplant a card. I know uh, DNA Surgery wasn't really used uh, until Buster Blader started seeing play, so this is... DNA Transplant, if you don't know, is a card that changes attributes. And as long as that card's on the field, Dura Dark and that monster will have the same attribute. So this is basically removal every turn on a face-up monster. And I know the Ally of Justice, they are dark monsters that do stuff against light monsters, so maybe you want to turn anything light. So it doesn't matter what this card is. So you get an advantage over the light monsters. Uh, I think... This card alone will not make DNA transplant a play, but so as long as more Ally of Justice cards come out and Gen X allies come out, you could see some attribute manipulation, which is very cool. Dread Dragon, 2-star Dragon Tuner, 1100-400. When this card is destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard, you can add one level 3 or lower Dragon Monster from your deck to your hand. Uh, This does a lot of things. It... It tutors a low-level dragon. It has to be destroyed by battle, which, you know, 1,100, 400, anything can destroy that in battle. And it's a tuner. It's not very exciting, but there could be a fringe situation just because it is like a Swiss army knife. It does a ton of stuff, so... Um, maybe. I don't think so, though, but maybe. Three Trolling Trolls. Level 3 Beast Warrior Tuner, 1,300. When this card is normal or special summon, target one face target one beast warrior monster in your graveyard, discard's attribute and level become the same as that monster until the end of the turn. During your main phase, you can special summon one beast warrior monster with the same attribute and level as this card from your hand. You can use the effect of three trolling trolls once per turn. You cannot special summon monsters the turn you activate either of this card's effects, except for beast warriors. This is a fire fist monster because it's a it's a it's a beast warrior and it helps tune out the beast warriors. And I think it's just a budget Firefist Spirit, frankly. Um and it does the same thing. You special summon the Beast Warrior from your graveyard. It doesn't have to be a level three, but it turns into a level three. So you basically this is the exact same card as uh, Spirit, and you can kinda use it for the for the horse prints. So there it is. Another it's a budget card. I mean it's an SR, it's not exactly budget budget, but you know, you're gonna get you could open the box once and you'll have enough monsters. Next SR is Flame Veil Guard, which is a very... It's boring, but interesting. It's one-star Dragon Tuner. 100 attack, 2,000 defense. That's all it is. Vanilla Tuner. And... um, It's a lot of stats for a one-star monster. <laughs> one-star, 2,000 is definitely a very interesting card. Uh, I think... I mean, it is a tuner. The Water Spirit was a card that saw play. So this could replace the Water Spirit for sure. It... I think you can make some kind of stupid uh, one-turn kill with 
You play this monster, secret pass of the treasure, shield and sword, and then triangle power. So it hits in for 4,000. How about that? So it's it's a very boring card on the outset, but there are some things you can do with it. Alexandrite Dragon, 4-star, 2,000 attack dragon. That's all it is. Very good in the beginning of the game. Not not so much now. So, of course, it's a light dragon, so you can think about some chaos strategies with Dark Flare Dragon again. Molten Conduction Field, a normal spell. Send two lava monsters from your deck to the graveyard. This is probably core for the lava archetype. Send two to the graveyard. And, of course, this sets off a bunch of other cards, like the Handmaiden, which I'll talk about soon. So this is not just send two, it's send two plus X, so whatever that is. Skill Prisoner, Trap Card. Target one card you control this this turn. When any monster effect resolves that targeted card that targets that card at activation, negate the effect during either player's turn, except the turn this card was sent to the graveyard, you can banish this from your graveyard. Target one card your you control. Anything that targets that is negated as well. This is a lot like skill successor, except skill successor manipulates attack. So I think this is more useful. It's sneaky. It's very use it, it provides two target effect negations. Skill successor saw a little bit of play. This is the type of card that could see some play. I mean it's once it's hidden the graveyard opponent doesn't really expect it and then you pull something off to get a comeback. Might see some play. And finally the last SR is bad aim trap card. When your opponent Card or effect is activated. Target one card on the field. Other than that one, destroy it. This could be good. Situationally useless. When your opponent plays just one monster. But it could be a counter to Ancient Gear Wyvern. Because Ancient Gear Wyvern doesn't allow you to play back row once you play a monster. So you play the back row first. And then you play the Wyvern. And then you could bad aim their back row. So, very useful. Um, of course, every... We're not just slugging it out with normal monsters nowadays, so every turn someone's activating some effect. It is something to consider. I don't think it would be a card everyone would run three of, like Paleozo Canadia, but I think in the right deck it could work in our meta. Um, talk about the rest of this box now and split it into archetypes. I think there are four main archetypes in this set with a few little ones as well. First one is Lavals, and as mentioned before, the Lavals did appear in a previous deck, but they barely got any support, so they were never played. The uh, There's a Laval, Laval Dragon. That's a UR here. And of course, the Super, the Molten Conduction Field is a spell card. That's an SR. Let's see what other cards they have. Laval Dual Slasher. It's a very solid Synchro Monster, actually. This one's better than the other one. It's 2400 attack. It gains effects. It's 5 stars first. 5 star, 2400. Gains effects based on the number of lava monsters in the graveyard. When you have two or more, it can attack twice per turn when it attacks a defense monster. So it can attack that and then go face. And then if there's three or more, it has piercing. So this is a cheap synchro for them to consider for that deck. I think their main card is Dustflame Blast. It's a rare trap. Banish all lava monsters from your graveyard. Destroy any number of cards on the field up to the number of monsters banished. So you have to do... The thing that sucks is you have to banish all your cards, but luckily you won't need... The, if they mill their own deck fast enough, if they dispose of enough cards, you don't need too many cards. You could just destroy the back row and a monster. That's four cards. That's not too much, I think. And as long as they can refill again, 
this is the card that will make them work, I think. They're probably their best card is the Lava Volcano Handmaiden. One star pyro tuner. When this card is sent to the graveyard, if you have a lava monster in your graveyard other than handmaiden, send one lava monster from your deck to your graveyard. If you played the dual quizzes, you know how good this card is. Um You could use the Molten Conduction Field. Dispose of one other lava plus handmaiden. And basically the chain goes the the handmaiden can keep activating. You dispose of the other handmaiden, your second one. You dispose of your third handmaiden. And then you get your last ability to dispose of another monster. So you could essentially play Molten Conduction Field. Toss two. Toss two. Toss three then. So it's five cards in the graveyard. I don't think I have seen such um, such powerful controlled uh, deck disposal. Of course, um, grass is greener. You could you know dump your whole deck out. But this is controlled. You could toss five monsters out. So Handmaiden is very good. And there's some other cards. Laval Stenin. as a 7-star Synchro. Um, it punishes targeted effects. So you, uh, when it's Synchro Summoned, you can send one card from your hand to the graveyard. That does the Laval thing. Uh, during either player's turn, when this card's targeted by a card effect, banish a Laval, negate the activation, destroy the targeting card. So this not only negates the card, but it destroys the thing. So it could be a monster. It could be a Maximus, for example. So you could counter a bunch of things, but it is a 7-star Synchro. And then there's the Tuner, Soaring Eagle Above the Land. It's a Lava card, but it's a Tuner that you could basically use two times, so... That's something to consider. Nephis. So Nephis, they have the Cerulean Dragon. I mean Cerulean uh, Phoenix, and then the Disciple. So two new Ritual Monsters that are URs and SRs, respectively. Disciple of Nephis, two-star Spellcaster. During your main phase, you can destroy one card in your hand if you do add a Nephis monster from your deck to your hand, except for Disciple of Nephis. During the standby phase, after this card is destroyed by a card effect and sent to the graveyard, add one Nephis spell or trap from your deck to your hand. So this is this is a better card than Fire King Avatar Yaksha. Fire King Avatar Yaksha is often the fuel for Ubel decks or Ubel slash Nephis decks, and this one, you know, you don't have to get destroyed. Uh, you, you could just tribute. You could just play it in attack mode, and then destroy that card in your hand, and that starts the whole Ubel or Nephis chain. And then it also tutors uh, when it's destroyed by card effect. So you could use your own. You could use Ubel, for example, to destroy this card by effect, and then you get your Nephis spell trap, which is probably a ritual card. So this is a very good monster as well for Ubel slash Nephis, whatever. Defender of Nephis is very similar. You can destroy one card in your hand, and then you can special summon a Nephis monster from your hand. So this does the same thing. We could destroy um, the Nephis or Ubel. It can also destroy from the deck, which is very interesting. Destroy one Nephis monster in your deck, except for Defender of Nephis. So, yeah, that's actually that one triggers by getting destroyed by card effects. So basically you destroy... Ubel, and then it gets destroyed by Ubel, and then you destroy another card. So the, these two cards work hand-in-hand. Hand. They're pretty good at um, getting Nephis out, or Ubel out. Another card is Last Hope for Nephis, spell card. Target one other Nephis card you control, and one card your opponent controls to destroy them. You can only use one of these ones per turn. So 
this uh, is probably better for the regular Nephis card, which you um, want to destroy by effect anyway, so then it blows up the back row. And then it targets its removal on one monster spot removal. And the Awakening of Nephis, Continuous Trap. All Nephis monsters you control gain 300 attack. If this is destroyed by card effect and sent to the graveyard, special summon a Nephis monster from your hand, deck or graveyard, but destroy it next, during the end phase. This lets Cerulean Nephis hit over the other 3,000 monsters. That's all I have to say about this card. And then the Ritual card itself is not just a regular Ritual card. It works for multiple Nephis monsters, of course. But if you tributed Devotee of Nephis or Cerulean Sacred Phoenix of Nephis, you can destroy one card on the field. So it's removal on a Ritual spell, which is always a plus to make any ritual thing happen. You have to have a plus ability on your ritual spell. The next archetype up are the Fire Fists, and the Fire Fists are definitely a card that have seen like a million cards released in the past. They have the Horse Prince, uh, the Spirit, and the Bear, as mentioned in the URs and SRs. The only other uh, synchro they have is uh, Fire Fist Kieran, 8-star, 2,000 attack, 2,800 defense. This card synchro summon, you can set one fire information card directly from the deck. All monsters your opponent controls lose 100 for each face-up spell or trap you control. So, very unimpressive, I think. It's a level 8 monster, probably needs 3 monsters, and it's just 2,000 attack. So it just matches up with a 2,300 attack monster. Of course, you get to tutor out a... You get to play a fire fist directly from the deck, so... It could be Tensu, it could be uh, Gyaku. So, not much attack on a Synchro. It doesn't, it's not too impressive in my opinion, but it is a monster. So it is, it does have that ability, a sneaky ability, but you do need those three monsters on the board probably for a Fire Fist because they are lower level monsters. Fire Fist Boar. Card is Fire Fist Boar. Uh, tuner, 1100, 1400. Cannot be uh, has to synchro summon a fire monster. When this is destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard, special summon a level four fire fist from the deck, except for boar. When uh, this when a fire fist monster is special summoned from the extra deck, you can set a fire formation spell from the deck. So this is a tuner. It's an easy to meet condition with battle destruction. Replaces itself. It's pretty solid, I think. Caribou is more conditional. Has to be destroyed by an effect to uh, be replaced. So not as good. One good one is uh, Firefist Rooster, 3-star Beast Warrior, 1500 attack. When this card is special summoned by the effect of a Firefist monster, add a Firefist monster from your deck to your hand. You can use this effect once per turn. Once per turn, you can send one face-up fire formation spell or trap you control to the graveyard. Set one from your deck. So This does a lot. It gets special summoned. There's a, a multitude of cards that special summon the level 3s. So it could be the boar or caribou getting destroyed. It could be the spirit bringing it back from the grave. So then you get a firefist monster from your deck, so you draw one. And then you could send a face-up one, which is Tensu probably, because you use up that ability. And then you send another one, so it cycles a spell as well. <coughs> Very solid card. And then finally, the red dragon archfiends. This all revolves around the Synchro Monster Red Dragon Archfiend. I think Chaos King Archfiend might qualify as well, or it's just a regular Archfiend. I don't really know. But And there's, there's that other card, Scrap Archfiend. They all kind of, you know, Archfiends. Here are the cards that specifically work for Red Dragon Archfiend. Red Gardna. Four-star Fiend, zero attack, 2,000 defense. During either player's turn, when your opponent activates a card or effect, 
while you control Red Dragon Archfiend Monster, you can send this card from your hand to the graveyard. This turn, monsters you control cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. Pretty good. Um, it's hand protection, so it's pretty good against the one-turn kill meta. You've seen Karibos. Basically, it does the same thing, except it it prevents uh, effect damage. And the weakness, I guess, is when you've got decks running tie that binds, their Maximus effect won't work, but they will... They do have Ice. Ice destroys... No, Ice doesn't work either, because the Red Gardener would save it. So, um, you know, tie that binds would make your their, their Maximus hit over your Red Dragon Archfiend, which sucks, but of course you have other support. Red Mirror is a really weird card. It does hand stuff too, but basically lets you recycle the Gardener. It works during the battle phase only. It also works for other Fire Fiends, so think about that. Red Cocoon, trap card. Normal trap. Target one Dragon Synchro Monster you control. Equip this card to it. When it is battling an opponent's monster until the end of the damage step, negate the effects of all phase of monsters your opponent controls. During the end phase, if this card is in the graveyard because it was sent there this turn, target one Red Dragon Archfiend in your graveyard special summon it. I think this is really solid. It's an equip card for Red Dragon Archfiend. Fate, uh, a f- negates opponent's effects and it gives your Red Dragon Archfiend another life, so it brings it back for one time. Finally, King Scarlet. Continuous trap card. If a Red Dragon Archfiend you control battles during the damage calculation, make that monster you control unable to be destroyed by that battle. If you do special summon this card as a normal monster, as a, a trap monster of 0-0. Zero, zero. Another card that gets um, protection for your Red Dragon Archfiend. So... But then it becomes a monster, so it's a little weird. And it has to get destroyed again, so... Very interesting card. Um, other notable R's and N's. I think I found two or four cards that are interesting. Most interesting card is an N called Trap Eater. It's a four-star fiend tuner with 1,900 attack, 1,600 defense. Cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned by sending one face-up trap card your opponent controls to the graveyard. Cannot be special summoned by any other way. So, not irrelevant, I think. There are meta-continuous traps all around. Unending Nightmare, DNA Surgery, Amazonist Onslaught's going up. We're seeing more Amazonists. Sea Stealth Attack, same thing. There's a water deck running around. UA Penalty Box. There are uh, continuous trap cards. I think some of the most popular decks, Kowaki Meru, Ancient Gears, Vampires, don't have that. So it's not a thing that can hit often, but it is a sideboard card for tournaments. I think whenever those decks that run, oh, unending nightmares in in ancient gears, I take that back. But it is a card that hits those. Remove that trap card for a free special summon, and it's a tuner with decent attack. So not irrelevant. And finally, the spoon, fork, and knife. The Melissa. Malice Vorus, Spoon, Fork, and Knife. They basically are swarm monsters. They can all come out on the board, level 2 fiends, and they are for XZ summons. Whenever there's something with 3 level 2s, uh, think about these guys. So that is the main box. I personally have not bought this box yet because I only have... I didn't have a ton of gems. I spent them on the last set, and... Or the Ancient Gears, I don't remember what, but I personally uh, have not. I'm waiting for to see if a big deck comes out of it. Uh, I have 7,000 gems now, so I can't really make a full run of this box either. So 
I don't know, I'll wait around and see. Uh, it's possible I skipped this entirely, but I do like some of these cards, and I would like to play you know, something with um, the Lava Slot I really find interesting, actually. And um, Red Dragon, Arch Fiend, of course, uh, Nephis as well. So there's a lot of cool cards for sure. I am waiting around to see if anything comes of it. All right, there's one more new card to talk about, and the card trader made an update as well. If we, as if they didn't think we got enough cards this week, here's another new one: Dragoonity Dark Spear, three star Dragon Tuner, one thousand, one thousand. Once per turn, you contribute one Dragon type Dragoonity monster from your to to select one level four or lower Winged Beast monster from your graveyard and special summon it. So, the I've never played the Dragoonities myself. But they do revolve around getting the um, Synchro Summon of Vajrana. And Vajrana is a 3800 that has piercing where it hits twice. I don't remember what. But it is a one-turn kill card. And this is just more tools for the deck that didn't really make it. Other cards we are seeing repeats of. Lion Alligator is a card we pro- previously saw in... You know, it's like a pick of gift card or whatever... Um, and it's a 1900 tag reptile that gives all your other reptiles piercing. We haven't seen reptiles since worms were good. Worms were good. Um, not worms, aliens. Aliens were good. So um, I don't think it really fits into their uh, skill set because they need the monsters face up to put the alien counters on. So uh, it's fine. It's a fine card. It's a four-star 1900, which is something that you know uh, beginner players do like. So uh, if they have worm cards, they can kind of fit it in. And of course, the Paladin of Felgrin. This is a Mokuba card that we are getting extra copies of as well. As they are doing, uh, thinking about future level cap increases and whatnot, they are going to give them better monsters. So they're clearing out some of the lesser monsters that aren't going to see play into these collections. Uh, finally, some in-game news to close out this podcast. There are player titles now. Uh, typically, when you go into a game... You see who you're facing, right? You see what country they are supposedly from, and you see their uh, rank dual, rank dual um, portfolio for the last five seasons. And um, this is a new thing where you get a title. So the Kaiba Cup ended with a title. I think I don't know how it works. I think I got the title of top ten thousand for second stage, but for some reason, everyone I faced in <laughs> platinum is. Lower than me, I don't know what's going on. Everyone moved up. Possibly everyone in their skill set, in my skill set, got off their ass and they are playing well enough in the ranked duels to be in Legend or King of Games by now. I have faced a lot of people that just get, you know, their stage two or they don't even, uh, they didn't even play the Kaiba Cup. I don't know what happened, but um, I wish I did play more of the Kaiba Cup. So I don't know if they would have given me the top 500 NA uh, North American title but i just have the top ten thousand. so that's what i am uh it, it is an incentive to work harder towards the kaiba cup i think uh that is a little small regret i have uh, other thing going on is event exclusive skills added to lifetime missions miracle draw from Jaden and card of sanctity from yami yugi were previously event exclusive and now they are lifetime missions so anyone can get those if they so desired to. Finally, some upcoming news. Um, we're going to get Hassleberry in a few days. That's definitely great. Duelist challenges as well. 
This morning, uh, March upcoming news came. Trudge is being added to the gate, so his event is probably done. Duelathon is happening in early March. Second half of Battle City, the new Yami Yugi skill as well, early March. Yubel's coming back mid-March. New skills and uh, cards. Dual Quest is just like a filler ability at late March. A filler event. Sartorius is going to be unlockable late March. So it's a new character for GX. Based on the clues they gave me, they didn't even mention Sartorius, but talk about Destiny and stuff. Um, I think Sartorius, if I recall from the anime, very RNG-based, his cards, because they were just guessing if things were face-up or face-down. So it was basically a lot of coin flipping. I don't know if I like that, but um, so as long as the cards are not too powerful, I would be okay with it, but uh, I definitely welcome any any duelist, legendary duelist that we're getting. That means more stuff for us to play with more options. Planned updates mid-March. 5D's characters raised to level 35, so this is pretty big news. Um, you know, we, we're probably getting a few gems, a few hundred gems there, maybe a thousand gems. And of course a new card from each character as well, so i definitely like to see more Synchro Monsters um, and improve those strategies there. And finally, improvements to the Auto Deck feature. Auto Deck feature is something that I think people are not aware of because it's been horrible. And I know it's horrible in other games. And it's not something someone would do in the right mind to play an Auto Deck deck. Ranked duels, maybe casual or something. But apparently it's going to be a more intelligent Auto Deck feature where they... Um, they look at what cards are popular in the meta, and they're doing it. And they also do it based off your cards, so maybe it's something to think about. I personally probably will not use it. Um, I like to build decks on my own, or, you know, I don't build decks on my own, but I copy what people do online. And I, I sometimes put my own spin on things, depending on what I have in my collection. That's always the thing in Yu-Gi-Oh! You can't make your own cards, so you do it based on what you have. So I probably still won't use it, but uh, I welcome the change for a better auto-deck feature. That's going to be it for this podcast. As mentioned, this was just a straight card review episode. I did not have a chance to implement anything new. I mentioned before I will be you know, asking more questions on Twitter. Did I get more people involved so I could fill up some time uh, talking to people in the community, answering questions, and working together, really. And, of course, as I mentioned, the search for a new co-host. I, am, I have to develop some screening questions, first of all, for anyone who's interested, and then uh, kind of schedule times to talk to people and record for the future to see who works. But right now, this is what I'm going to be doing for now. Um, any uh, feedback, let me know. Uh, most, li- most likely be on Twitter, dual, ses- dual underscore assessment, or my own Twitter, Green Ranger CCG. Finds podcast anywhere, search the dual assessment. I think um, a lot of people are uh, using whatever their phones have, CastBox, um, Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, and we're also on Spotify. Spotify is becoming a huge engine for podcasting, so it's definitely easily accessible there as well. So thanks for listening, everyone. A happy dueling, and I will see you in Duel World, and I'll see you next week.